get us launched. Lord Jesus, good morning. Thank you for this beautiful Thursday morning and the cooler temperatures once again. And uh, I thank you in advance for uh, the encouragement and the equipping that uh, you're going to be providing us through our friend John again. Thank you for John. I just ask you to bless him and his marriage and his, uh, uh, what you have him doing and just ask you to continue to clarify that vision for John mm-hmm. and uh, what you want him to do and uh, just um, encourage him to take steps where he needs to be taking steps. And uh, again, we thank you. We love you, Lord. And uh, we give you all the glory and praise for what you will do in us and through us today. In Jesus' name, amen. John Ellis, welcome back. Gary, thanks for having me. So glad to be here. Good morning, folks. I uh, am trying to attempt again to read through the Bible in a year uh, in my devotional time. And in doing that, I kind of ran into some books that had in my brain kind of stood alone. And this time reading through, I realized that they're very interconnected and they're actually just hitting a series of uh, kings, uh, one king named Cyrus, his two sons, and then a guy that succeeded them named Darius. And as I was reading that, I just didn't realize how closely knit together they were. And so as I was looking at that, because it involves people who are not necessarily part of the Hebrew nation, the, the Jews, they're they're foreigners, but God is moving among them and doing profound things. And it just struck me the similarities. I think the Bible helped us interpret our time, as we talked about on, on Tuesday, not just our Kronos time, like 7.15 on Thursday morning, yeah. but our Kairos time, these moments of time, these seasons that God puts us in. So the Bible will look historically and show us what God has done, and we'll see similarities from that to where we're at now, and also prophetically moving forward. He'll begin to lay over what we know about the heart of God and who he is and what he's about over our times as well. And so right now, like God's doing something. We're in a season of political and spiritual and cultural change that's just not been seen before. And it has been unsettling for us. It's not unsettling for God. Right. He is about his business. And so I want to just jump in. I'm going to look at these three books. They're, they're knit together right at the end of Chronicles. So Chronicles 1 and 2 just talks about the kings of Israel. And when the kings started uh, after David and Solomon, you know, they kind of, they did okay. They didn't do too, too good. And, and Isaiah starts prophesying into that context. And as they go forward, they continue to just kind of fall downhill. And so Jeremiah starts prophesying into that context and ends up declaring that for 70 years, you guys are going to be uh, exiled. I'm taking you out of the land. The land's going to rest. I'm going to have a foreign king drag you away, your wives, your kids, everybody, and you're just done. Mm-hmm. And so then Ezekiel, the other big prophet, prophesies to the people in exile. So they're in Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar has conquered them. And they've been taken away. And at the end of 70 years, Babylon is conquered by Cyrus. So this is what Cyrus declares at the beginning of Ezra. This is the opening lines. He says, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and to put it in writing. So 
I love the Lord moving the heart of Cyrus. He just moves his heart. And this is how he moves him. He says, in writing, any Jew anywhere in my realm can go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple because God has put it in my heart to do that. And you people that live around these Jews that are going back, I want you to give them gold and silver. I want you to give them goods and livestock and a free will offering to build the temple. And then Cyrus empties Nebuchadnezzar's vault of all the stuff he took from the temple when he destroyed it and burned it. And he gives it back and sends it all to Jerusalem. So as this moves forward, the king is given like tons of resources. He sent nearly 50,000 people and the work begins and they start rebuilding the altar and they start offering sacrifices and it is good and pleasing and the Lord is excited and they're excited and the work is started. So for us right now in this season, I just, I, I have come up with crazy thoughts, which I'm like, those thoughts are crazy. <laughs> I think most of you have too. You've had ones like, not the, the crazy ones like, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm buying a dairy farm and a Krispy Kreme franchise and I'm eating myself out of business. Like, not, not that crazy, but the, the crazy like, could this, gosh, that's crazy. I would never. And I think it's important for us in this season specifically to listen to our kings. We want to listen to the kings of industry. We want to listen to the kings of policy. We want to listen to the kings of thought. They, God is doing stuff in them. He is moving them in his purposes. It's happening. It doesn't look the way that we think it looks, but he's doing that. And we need to hear what they're saying. God wants to bring them as a resource and their resources to move the kingdom forward. Mm. And we need to listen to the king of heaven. Mm. Because God is doing this. So the, the crazy thoughts that you've had, revisit those. I just want to encourage you. I want to exhort you. The things that have crossed your mind, jump back in and look at those again. Because God is doing something. So the work starts in Israel. And um, this suddenly catches the attention of the enemies of Israel living around Jerusalem. And they're like, yeah, wait a minute. They're actually getting traction. They're getting some stuff done. So their enemies want to come and join them. They're like, hey, can we be part of the work? And they're like, yeah, Cyrus didn't tell you to do this, and you're not Jewish, so the answer is no. So then they start to work against them from the inside. So the scattered Jews that now have been in relationship with them for 70 years, uh, they start sending in to discourage the people, to make them afraid. They start hiring counselors to come in and give bad counsel like paying people to detract and deter the work. And so that doesn't get the traction that they want. So they start moving from the outside and they, they write letters uh, to the king who has now replaced Cyrus. This is one of, he has two sons that are going to rule by different wives. Xerxes is the first one. They write a letter to Xerxes and say, Hey, this is a rebellious city. You don't want them to rebuild. They're going to be trouble. Xerxes doesn't respond to that, but I want to do a little sidelight because there's, there's two things um, that are happening. One is we're listening. This is going to recall, uh, require of us bold action and bold asks. 
Um, so Xerxes, if you flip forward in the, the story to Esther, Esther was a Jewish girl that uh, Xerxes, so Xerxes is, as I read Esther, um, kind of unstable. He's, he's very rash and he's very powerful. So he makes snap judgments. And when he does, like people die, like they just die a lot around him. And he gets angry instantly and, and has to take some punitive action before his anger subsides. That's just like his nature. So he's maybe a little unbalanced, but very powerful. So you're not allowed to just walk into his court. Like you have to be called, like no one just shows up. And so, uh, one of his leaders conspires. He's offended by a particular Jew named Mordecai and decides it's too small of a thing just to kill Mordecai. He wants to kill every Jew everywhere in the kingdom. And so he makes a plan to do that. Esther is the queen. She's a Jewish girl. So she, Mordecai says to her, you've got to go talk to the king. And she's like, he hasn't called me for a month. But this is the bold action she takes. She says, then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So it's just bold action. She's very literally taking her life in her hands. And in response to that, God gives her favor and changes everything and saves the entire Jewish nation everywhere in the country. Bold action. So for us, we need, to, we need to just think big. We need to ask big. There's one more bold ask that I want to look at. And this is in the next book, Nehemiah. Mm -hmm. So Ezra is a, a priest who ends up showing up in the midst of this work in Jerusalem. But back in Babylon, there's a new king. Again, this is Xerxes' brother named Artaxerxes. And Artaxerxes did respond to the letter and stop the work. He commanded the work to stop. So several years later, Nehemiah is a cupbearer to the king. And it says, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So he asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. So, again, culturally, no one's sad in the king's presence. That, that doesn't happen. It's not allowed. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad where the city where my fathers are buried lies in ruin and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city of Judah where my fathers are buried so that I can rebuild it. Then the king with the queen sitting beside him asked me, how long will your journey take and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. I also said to him, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of the Trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, so that he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel of the temple and for the city wall and the residence I will occupy. And because the gracious hand of my God was upon me, the king granted my request. So it's 
in the midst of this season, as God is doing something just across the boards with us, mm-hmm. bold action and bold asks are necessary. Mm-hmm. And we just have to prioritize what God's doing. You know, he's, he's set us on a mission. It's ours. And he's using the things around us, whether or not we would declare them as part of our team or not. His kingdom is moving forward, and it's, it's just changing things. And I, I'm excited about the things that you are doing in your business and the direction it's going. And I just want to encourage you, exhort you, listen to your king, listen to the kings around you, little K, and begin to take bold action and make bold asks in the midst of that because God is doing something big for us mm. now. And uh, there's three more pages of notes, but we're going <laughs> to. <laughs> That's good. You, you button that up nicely, John. Thank you. That's really good. And it is interesting. Don Patton, uh, a friend and fellow PSP here, he, uh, he talks about holy hunches, mm-hmm. uh, listening to the holy hunches. And just really quick, when you have those crazy thoughts, what would you recommend? Like, um, you know, I'm looking at a lot, lot of names on this call, but like to run it past uh, wise counsel. I think you need to do that. I think you need to just start too, like, because I can, you know, I eat a lot of spicy food. Sometimes that talks to me. Sometimes Jesus talks to me. Right. The, you know, and so going back to the, like, how did this come? Is it in line with what God has said to me in the past? Does it line up with the heart of God now? Like, during this season, there's a couple like prophets that are speaking into this and, and, and um, Zechariah is saying, you know, not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So God is doing this thing. Yeah. And we just want to get in line with that. So people that help us hear the, God, the voice of God. Um, and sometimes, you know, you, you just want to, because it requires boldness. So yeah. It's not going to be a logical, balanced <laughs> response yep. every time i you know i'm not encouraging crazy but i am encouraging a faith yeah it's good that says you know god's doing this yeah that's good well again i appreciate your uh encouragement and challenge this morning um i'm sure it hits me right between the eyes and i'm, I'm sure it resonates with a lot of the listeners today as well so i i appreciate you and um will you press into the rest of our thursday here I would love to do that, Jerry. Thanks again for the opportunity. You betcha. Uh, God, I am so grateful uh, for my brothers and sisters and uh, their desire to be a part of Jesus, your prayer, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done. And we declare, let that be done in us and let that be done through us. We want to be a part of your kingdom coming. And the, the thing that we need, Jesus, is ears to hear and eyes to see. The very thing that you declared, that we could see the kingdom if it would happen. So, God, your spirit is with us. You have not left us. You have made us strong for the work. And I just, in your name, Jesus, breathe courage into my brothers and sisters. I breathe clarity into my brothers and sisters. Eyes to see and ears to hear. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well done, buddy. Love you have guys. Have a great day. Have a fantastic Thursday. You too.